the Minnesota Football Daves. Here we are recording after the semifinals. With us today, showrunner David Zeller. How are you doing, David? Uh, good, MJ. I am getting to the point now with my new job where I, I have to have more meetings than I was originally having. And one, I had a two-hour meeting today that, again, literally probably could have been an email. But um, so... <laughs> Which really, I was, I literally was working until we started recording here about 7.30. I had to go pick up the kids from Maplewood and then bring them back and then hop back on and do some work uh, to get caught up. So That's I'm excited. The worst, it's, the, the worst yeah. is, is because you're so new, you don't feel like you are in a position where you can say, hey, this should be an email, right? You just have uh, no, I feel like I can. The problem is that the, the very nice women who are uh, training me um, haven't had to train anybody for like 10 years or so. They uh, they're like trying to relearn how to how all the it's all everything they do they just do by memory which is great but like when you're trying to teach someone you, you can't show someone your brain and how your brain is computing things so there's lots of just sort of trial and error and and like oh we need to change that so it's it's a, it's a good thing for both for both of us it's just it can be a little tedious and I can't complain it's I it's a super awesome job the super awesome company it's uh you know so I, I'm not I'm not complaining other than I, I miss not having those two hour meetings that could have been emails. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, speaking of two hour meetings, uh, also with us today is Eric Silver Brenneman, uh, also showrunner. And Eric, how are you doing? Doing all right, man. I had a little phone snafu earlier that was that was similar <laughs> to Dave in the regard that. Uh, all of a sudden, like an hour and a half of my morning was eaten up, basically trying to recover data and passwords and all that stuff. But uh, we're doing all right. I, ju- I just lost like a month or two of dog photos. That's that's the that's the hard oh. one. That's the that's the one that hurts. <laughs> I'm glad you have priorities, Eric. Yeah. Well, let's get right into it. Uh, let we are going to start with the second semifinal first because we're like that here. We like to get that over. We should also say Rodrigo will be joining us. Um, we're MJ and Rodrigo are tagging, tagging, tagging in today. Um, MJ's got a broom ball match, right? Is your, you're playing broom ball tonight, MJ? Correct. All right. Um, outside or indoors? Uh, yeah, no, there's no ice outdoors yet. So okay, that's what I thought. We, we're, um, we're we're playing up at the at the Nessie. We're playing at, oh. at the National Sports Center. So nice. nice. So he's got a, he's got a soft out. So hopefully, uh, we'll have a very easy transition. So yeah, let's uh let's jump into this Morocco game, man. Let's do it. First of all, I just want to say, uh, again, for those who are not familiar with the uh, various Muslim caliphates invasions into su- Southern Europe, or that aren't familiar with France's wars, the Franco-Moroccan War, and the subsequent colonization of Morocco by France, uh, please do that on your own time. Uh, Eric, David, and I could go on at length about these things, but let's just say the the Tunisia France group stage event and this one are both loaded with uh French colonization of North Africa and the way North Africans are treated in France and all those subtexts yeah uh, if if Algeria was there thrown in the mix like that would be the uh the right. flammable icing on the cake <laughs> i heard and then, really throw, good... and then throw Egypt in there too and it's just like yeah. a, it's a very it's a powder keg <laughs> true I heard a very interesting BBC report, someone reporting from Egypt saying that all along North Africa, you know, especially Egypt, Algeria, and Morocco, because they were, football was brought to the continent by the colonizers. And then 
the players and the supporter groups saw football as a way to channel and vocalize political movements in response to the colonizers. And, and almost at the sense of like, not only does sports give us a platform to hold up TIFO or to have slogans and chant things, but this is a way that we maybe can beat the colonizers at their own game. Well said. Cool. Take it away. Oh. I yeah. No, someone else needs to <laughs> see the rundown. Well, I, I well, just want to pop in and comment. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Eric. Why don't you why don't you take it? Start us off here. Sure. Um, well, we, I guess we can start with the score. Um, I didn't expect this kind of a, a match, to be totally honest. But uh, can we, sorry, can we can we start with one other thing? So yeah. um, the. Uh, Morocco played this. So Morocco, I don't know if you guys remember from the, the quarterfinal round, uh, Morocco had like five dudes who were hurt. Uh, oh, Roman right. Sais yep. being the, the, the big one. He's their captain. Um, I believe he plays for, does he still play for Wolverhampton? Um, I believe that's I right. I believe he's a, a Wolves player. Defender. Um, anyways, so they played a, a back three um, or a back five, I guess, technically. I think with Place the is expect- a now. Oh, is he a Besiktas now? Okay. Um, yes. Um, cool. Anyway, he was he was at Wolves, I think, last year or maybe the year before. Anyways, um, so they played a uh, they hadn't played all all um, all tournament. They played a four through three all tournament. And th- again, remember, this is the team that had not allowed a, a, an offensive goal. Yes. Um, their only goal allowed was a own goal. And honestly, they had they had actually not allowed any PKs. The, the PKs against Spain, Spain either. Uh, Dramatically missed, or the PKs were saved by um, by uh, um, Bonu. yeah, the Bono, the uh, yeah. Irish uh, asshole from uh, YouTube. Um, so in the name of that, love, David, in the name of love, uh, with or without you, yes. Um, they uh, so so they had a lot of goal in um, of uh, an offensive goal, and they had probably they were probably well, they easily were the best defensive team in the tournament up to this point. So. They change it up because obviously they have these dudes hurt. They want they want their captain out there, but um, but they, he can't. He certainly can't run. So they 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 played a back three, allowing the I can't remember the other two defenders' names. Basically, they could get get forward a little bit with Roman. Uh, Romain can um, uh, I believe it's Roman. Sorry, um, he could sort of captain the back line, make sure people are in the right spot. So I just want to point it out before we get to the. Oh, I think that, that's that important. Really, that really highlighted what happened in the breakdown in this in this first goal. So sorry, go ahead, Eric. No, not at all. I think you're spot on. Um, it was it was really early. Uh, I think I got into it like two or three minutes late, and basically got comfortable, and then six minute goal right away. Um, this thing starts with. Uh, Rodrigo's not here, but he spoke very highly of Griezmann on the last rap we did. And, and once again, he really has become the, the engine of this French national team, which is incredible considering that his club life is turbulent to say the least. Hasn't got yeah. to play a lot. And when he does play, he doesn't do a lot. <laughs> but for Paul Pogba and Conte not making this tournament, I don't even know if Griezmann's on the roster. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But man, he, he's, he's been and- tearing it up. And honestly, if France if France wins, he probably should win the golden the the golden ball. He won't because it'll probably be Mbappe, but yeah. he probably should. Yeah, I mean he really is. He's he's the engine here, and so he intercepts this thing midfield. He takes it to the house, um, gets in the box. Uh, he gets swarmed by like two or three defenders. I'm not sure, and he doesn't quite get a shot off, but it kind of bounces around. It ends up going chest high. I, I can't remember if this gets knocked out by the chest or by a header. It's one of the two. 
because it, it definitely goes up, <laughs> kind of gets squirted out up. And on the uh, left wing, Hernandez kind of hits the brakes and he's wide open. And this ball in the air, bounce, it goes up and over, bounces once. And he's, he's in stride, right? MJ, you can correct me. I, I, I can't quite remember, but I, I think he has to like, he has to jump to meet it. So he must be in yeah. stride. And, and he, and he kind of does this. Uh, I think you correctly put it down here as a, as a tie kick. Like he, you know, he has, he's falling. So it's, it's, it's the, uh, it's the downward kick motion. And, and he just hits it perfectly on the volley. And I mean, there's nothing that your Irish Bono keeper could do on that one. I mean, it was a, Beautiful. I'll point out that I'll let MJ the the shitty for Hernandez too, not even the good Hernandez. So, yeah, Teo, Teo for Hernandez. Uh, I just want to say that my friend Magad and uh, Stefan Wank and I went to Big Marina in Columbia Heights, a Mediterranean restaurant owned by Algerians, and uh, just it, we it was BN um, from I forget which city, if it's uh, in UAE or whatever, but it was it was BN in Arabic. So thankfully, my Egyptian Magad would was like telling me, basically was able to translate for me since I know about four words in Arabic and and that's about it. So, uh, yeah, uh, Magad said, "Oh, that's like some Taekwondo shit," and I was just like, <laughs> "No, it's Muay Thai um, because <laughs> it is the roundhouse that comes from the yep. top down, where most people would do a, a crescent or axe an axe style kick." and leave the heel down. This is like toes pointing down. Um, very, very the same as the elbows. Yep, exactly. But it's, it's beautiful. I mean, to see that goal again in slow-mo was just gorgeous. The way he was able to connect with it One on the volley on the bounce. Yeah, it was, it was really pretty, really pretty. And so six minutes in France is up one already. Um, kind of, uh, a uh, taste of things to come, I suppose. Um, but you know, Morocco are Morocco. And I think to your point about changing the formation too, like this is one of the first times Morocco usually likes to play that midfield game and, and kind of absorb pressure and look for those counters um, for whatever the coach said or the new personnel, they, they were taking it to them. They were playing aggressive and they were showing offense. Um, and that'll also continue throughout this, but I mean, right away, uh, Loris has to save a shot in the 10th minute, um, diving one hand punch. It, it didn't look as serious as I think I saw it on the replay. I'm like, Oh yeah, he actually had to like do some work on that one. Stretch pretty, stretch pretty far. Um, let's see 17th minute. Once again, they're getting more counters and then right away, this it's it kind of turned to attract me for like a good five minutes here. Uh, Morocco has an opportunity and then Giroud gets this ridiculous ball. I, I can't remember who sends him who, but uh, again, with the new defenders in, they're just ball watching. They're not paying attention and he splits them and gets a one V one. And Bono does get to that one or no, he kicks it wide. That's what happens. He kicks it wide. Um, a lot of action. Like th this was, this was an intense back and forth and uh, kind of edgier seat kind of match. I, I was, I was digging it. Um what else we got? You, you guys can interject here as well if there's, there's something else you want yeah. to add. I'll say shortly after this is when um, uh, Roman Saiz uh, comes off. Uh, okay. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he clearly can't, um, can't, can't run <laughs> at all. So they bring in um, 
uh, Salim Amala, and that's when they go back to a four three three. Um, Got it. And yeah, to your point, I mean the the goal. Our favorite coach, you know, always likes to say goals change games. Uh, clearly, mm-hmm. it it put Morocco on more of an offensive footing, right? So for mm-hmm. the, the the Spain and Portugal games, they were super content. I mean, they weren't playing um, park the bus, you know, and no. just it, w- winging, you know, and fucking punching, you know, hitting it long and, and hoping. They were a very coordinated counterattacking team, but they were right. set up much more defensively. And I think, um, you know, and they, you know, would, you know, like I said against Portugal, they, they get that goal right at, at the half and which gives them the lead and everything. Um, so they weren't f- lacking for offensive talent, nor have they been this whole tournament. But that early goal really forces them to be a little more aggressive, um, like you put here, and for and to try and turn this game into a track meet because, you know, the, I'll say, you know, the French defended really well in this game, um, which was quite surprising because they have not seemed to really care about playing defense um, at all in this tournament. So uh, good on them. And and like I said, Morocco really, um, you know, took it to France. And and France was it was also this. I, I this had to have been a game plan for France because they were they were content with letting Morocco have the ball. Um, right. You know, they they were getting shots off, but like they were all, with the exception of one, we'll talk about it in a little bit here. You know, not super great shots. Um, you know, against let's, let's just get there. So I was gonna say, like 36, there's a there's a double shot with Morocco getting very lucky. Mbappe actually beats Bono, gets an open goal, and just by sheer luck, one of the defenders is there to clear that thing. And then pretty much immediately you go, I think it goes to Giroud, who again could have taken advantage of the goal open goal, but he blasts it wide. Um Griezmann's all over the place, but why don't you take it, Dave? What forty-fifth minute, right before halftime, we get this, <laughs> we get this glimpse of brilliance, <laughs> so close. So yeah, so it was, it was a. Uh, can't remember exactly how it came in, but it was basically a, it was kind of a cross into the box, um, and there's a just an amazing sort of bike bicycle kick on the forty-fifth minute. Um, Mori Yamik uh, hits the ball, hits it. I think on the replay, Lloris gets just gets a little bit of a hand to it. Oh yeah, um, I thought it was the it, post. It, it certainly hits. The, you know, it definitely hits the post. But I and I think it was going to hit the post regardless. I don't think um, him getting a, like some fingers to it really affected the the direction of the ball. But um, and it hits the post about so it, it's it would have been the goal the of the tournament. What's that? It does not hit the post. Impressive. It, 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 Lloris' diving arm blocks the wow. whole ball. Oh, I'm not sure. I just, saw, I just saw it slow, slow motion on. Re- on okay, replay, so so Larice, so Larice totally gets to it. So um, yeah, good on him. Then that's, that's yeah. Big kudos. It, I just want to say this in regards to that. At this point, Morocco has tested Larice way more than England ever did. Yep. Right. Um, and so even though you know France is dominating, and then it's not letting Morocco play their counter attack game because they're letting Morocco have the ball. They're not trying to possess and get everyone forward so much. And so you see them, France, I think David already said this, but like their back four are almost hanging back. They're not rushing into joining on the attack as much. And so the, the speedy fullbacks, uh, uh, Mazraoui, um, who plays at Bayern Munich, and then Ashraf Hakam, uh, Hakami, who he's, played at Real Madrid inter and most recently now plays at Paris Saint-Germain. So yeah, like those yeah. two guys love to counterattack. Um, right. Who, yeah. Who is was, the, go ahead. 
Oh, no, sorry. He's he. I playing on. He plays on the right and was and was attacking the the left hand side of it was with Zayich as well. And Mbappe just um, answered my question. Playing okay. <laughs> Great minds, right? Um, Mbappe was literally playing no defense in this game. That dude was walking around the pitch like, like he was messy. And I'm like, buddy, you're you're 23 years old. Run around a, just a little bit. Um, I mean, if he plays like that uh, against Argentina, I think Argentina has the um, have the the players. Not that Ziyech and, and Hakimi are are not uh, great players themselves, but Argentina has the talent to really take advantage of that. So. Um, so yeah, so this is just a, a really great opportunity, probably the, the best opportunity. Um, and you know, we haven't seen Larice make a holler yet. We, I know we, I joked about it the last match, like, you know, eventually at some point he's going to let one through like right in between his legs or, or, you know, try and punch one out and he'll, he'll punch it straight to somebody and he'll score or something. He hasn't done that yet. So hopefully that happens in the, in the final, um, <laughs> Spoiler alert, I want Argentina to win. Uh, but yeah, but there's, um, I think Morocco had one more chance right before half, right, Eric? If I'm not mistaken. I can't, I think so. I, I can't remember. We, but we go 1-0 halftime and yeah. start the second half. Uh, more more Griezmann and Mbappe, like, making some connections. And, oh, this was that one where uh, Bono has to do a slide stop. Uh, great, great save. Risky save to go down like that, but turns out okay for him um i put in here this this is more than getting to the 50th like france is kind of starting to bunker a little bit more and and morocco again is starting to turn it on and accelerate and bring that press and just move and move and move um mbappe gets taken down uh i don't think there was oh yeah this leads to the uh chaos in the french box in the 53rd minute um but uh morocco is not able to convert I just put in a possession. It was all Morocco. I think they put it up on the TV at one point. It was like, I can't remember, but it was like 50 to almost 60%, something like that Morocco, I think. Like they had the ball constantly. Yeah, which is not what um, anybody was expecting before the, no. before the game started. So, so like I said, this had to have been a game plan of France. I will say before before you j- jump in, um, in the 65th minute, so Giroud had, a, you know, t- you know, to your point, had a couple of, of really great opportunities. You know, good opportunities that he, that he, you know, did not execute. Um, he was taken off in the 65th minute. I think mostly because they brought on Marcus Taram. Um, mostly I think because uh, Mbappe was getting the shit kicked out of him and they needed someone on the pitch to yeah. uh, help Mbappe. Uh, and obviously Giroud was not going to do that. So they brought in Taram to, um, I don't mean more of a an enforcer, if you will, for, for the French national team. They didn't want to lose Mbappe, obviously. So, right. Well, that's a good point. He got fouled twice, and don't get me wrong; those were fouls. They they deserved whistles, but Mbappe made the most out of those. He's taking his his shoe off. He's yeah, yeah that's right. That he, happens too. He's switching <laughs> shoes. The second time it happened, he's pointing to his boot and showing it to the ref. Um, and uh, hats off to Jeff Ruder. Killian Mbappe is putting on a world-class half. If you're a fan of padding a match, match a stoppage at the time. Yeah. That, yeah. that 52nd one I mentioned, like he, that's the one I think you're referring to there. Like he, he goes down hard, but I mean, it's clear. Like I can't remember the Moroccan player that takes him down. It's all ball. I mean, it is a clean, yeah. clean tackle. Like I the ref is right there. Okay. It was, it was a beautiful Who is just has played an amazing tournament. Yeah. Actually, it was clean. At one point of this, of this game, he was leading the stats or first or second in 
Moroccan players dribbling into the attacking third. Amazing. As, as, a, as a right back, yeah. Um, MJ, I'll throw it to you for the 67th. You've got a little connection here with a Moroccan player. Uh, there was a ball in from, from the kind of the back line, like just a, a prayer, you know, to the left of the 18-yard box. And left fullback uh, sub, Yahia Adiyatala, uh, he makes this volley into the box. And Zakaria Abukulal, um almost heads it in it's a little too high or it, it basically is arcs a little bit over a jumping heading uh abu claw and and loris just grabs it but again like where we were at where you know everyone is african north african or arab where i was at and i shouldn't say everyone there were other white people there too but everyone there is cheering for morocco and it was just this huge like Oh, you know, the sigh of like, so close. Yeah, they were making them sweat, that's for sure. Uh, and then I guess we can jump to this thing. So at this point, just, just to show you out where I'm in my narrative, like I, I have to pick up my daughter. So I'm like, I'm prepping the dog. I'm like getting my coat on, getting my boots on. And like the last thing I do, you know, I'll shut the TV off before I go. Like as I'm doing this, I hear Andres Cantor do, do what he does. And he starts screaming his goal. And I'm like, what? So I have to go see what just happened. Um, this is this is incredible too. Like I, I, this is rare where uh, Kolo Moani comes in at the 80th minute, plays for not even a minute, 50 seconds, 40 seconds, something like that. Yeah, I think and, he came and, on like the 78th, and he scored in the 79th. So incredible, yeah, incredible. Um, and Mbappe. He gets this drive. He causes all this chaos. Um, MJ, do you want to add your correction here? Go for it. Well, so Mbappe, it was a great passing sequence by France. And Mbappe gets it, ends up kind of dribble splitting two defenders and then realizes he has the whole right side, his right side, Bonu's left side of the goal open. And he, he tries to basically just tap the ball there. So it's going there, not at shooting speed, but at, at like a passing speed. Mm-hmm. And then rather than going more centrally on net, it takes a deflection off of a unfortunate, you know, ankle or foot of a Moroccan defender and goes right to uh Mulani, Kolo Mulani. I lands at his feet. <laughs> Give him credit. R- right place, right time, and yeah. and outpacing his his defender. Right. Um. So yeah, I mean, taps it in. Taps it in, but it, it was not intended to be a pass. It, it made it look like it was a pass, but it was you know it was a deflection off off of a uh, rock. He, he was shooting more centrally, and it just goes right to the back post for him. Yeah. yeah. The x the xg on that was um six like point six nine by the way. Yeah. 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 Very nice. Very nice. Um, and then after that, I mean, I'll, I'll let you guys elaborate if you want. I listened to the rest of it in the car, but it, just, it sounded like, uh, you know, it was more of the same. Morocco just tried to keep pressing, but time was not on their side and they bunkered. So go ahead. I'll just, I'll say, yeah, they're so, um, you know, Morocco obviously threw other pressure on. They had a couple of, a uh, couple of opportunities in stoppage time in the 94th minute. Um, there was a shot. Um, 
from the edge of the French box that went just over the bar and the 90 uh, again. And they literally like maybe a minute late, less than a minute later, there was a, a goal line scramble. Um, I can't believe that Morocco didn't score on this one. Um, but the French defenders really hold it, you know, holding the line for sure. Um, were able to block a ball before it crossed over the line and, and they were able to boot it out. That was pretty much, that was pretty much it after that. But, you know, so yeah. um, to talk maybe some more generally about the game, as I mentioned, you know, Morocco, they were definitely the more aggressive team in this one, right? Obviously, yeah. you know, game states and whatnot, like you score an early goal and, and it's you're more prone to sort of sit back and, and kind of, especially in your team like France, right? You have, you know, Cole Mouane, who, come, who comes on play, I believe he do plays for Frankfurt in, in the Bundesliga. Um, again, no Benzema means that guy makes the, the World Cup squad, right? If, that, if Benzema's right. On, on the roster, like, that dude's probably not on the squad, right? So, it's, so thinking about the depth of France, like, this is not a deep, super deep team in this particular tournament just because of all their injuries. But because of all their injuries, like, they have all these amazing players. Like, just trying to think of, like, how many, how many second teams would make a round of 16, right? I think France, Brazil probably – um, are there any other nations that, that a second team would make the round of 16? Argentina, I, probably. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think don't so. Think I don't so? think Argentina has, has depth. No, man. Many of those guys. I mean, Di Maria's on the bench and like they're, yeah, Not there's, true. they have a, Argentina has a fucking MLS player on their, on their roster, man. Like amazing. First time ever an MLS player will be in the in a World Cup final, by the way. Uh, I heard that today on a podcast. So this shows the, the progress of MLS though, David. Yes. No, no, no. It absolutely is. But like, yeah, uh, uh, an English, uh, a French, I don't think an Eng- I don't think England has enough uh, players for a second team, but I think you literally could put together a uh, second team for France and Brazil yeah. with, with the depth that they have and, and they would be favored to make it to a round of 16. They may not, they may not, you know, win that round of 16 game, but they would, they would, they'd be favored to make it. So they lose on PKs. We keep the tradition going. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, think about, think about Brazil, right? You have out, Al- you'd have Allison as one goalkeeper and Ederson as the other, like those teams yeah. are getting to the, to the knockout round, right. For sure. Guaranteed. <laughs> um, so there's your final, uh, yeah. you know, for France. Uh, what, what a amazing, amazing story for Morocco. Um, an inspiration to the African continent, the African confederation, the MENA, world um i mean and, and the story lives on is the thing too like i mean they make history they still have a game to go yes it's not the final yes it won't be the cup but they could still win third place which again has never happened so like they've, they've already done a huge thing and they can still do more yeah they are the third non-uefa non combable team to make it to the semifinals. do you guys know who the other two are oh, that is a good question uh-huh South Korea is one of them. South Korea in 2002. Okay. And the other one? Nice. The, the USA, motherfuckers. 1930. Ah, 1930. <laughs> it was, again, a different, a different format, Great obviously. Year. But in the, in like, in the, in the sort of the, in the current format, the, the present, you know, present day format, only South Korea is, is non, you know, outside of Morocco have made, um, UEFA or Commonwealth teams have made the semifinals. So it's pretty cool. And yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, I think, um, Morocco, I mean, I think Morocco is going to come out and play on Saturday uh, for that mm-hmm. third place team. I think they want to win third place, go home, um, you know, with their heads held high. I mean, they'll go, they'll go home with their heads held high regardless if they win or lose they that game. Right. They but will. I think, I think, so, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're a gambling person, 
Um, I would suggest uh, betting Morocco in the over on that on that match, by the way. Um, well, and then on the other side, here I was a month ago, and, and you all too, I think, agreed with me that there will not be a repeat in this World Cup. I think we all said it's just not going to happen. It's only happened twice. And here's France set up to be the third team to repeat World Cup wins in the history of all World Cups. So, yeah, I heard a another interesting stat too that um, see Didier Deschamps is the only the third coach to make it to back-to-back finals with the, with the same team. Uh, the previous two won it. So that's a, that's a good sign for France. And um, he all, I mean, obviously we, we all know that which, which world cup was he it was 98. He played Deschamps in 98. Was the captain. Yeah. So he won in 98. So yep. yeah, he's, there's not many people who have won one as a, uh, as a coach and, you know, one as a manager and one as a player. And yep. if he wins a, a second, I think he might be the only uh, the only person that would have two as a manager and one as a one as a player. So that's a good um, point. Yeah, pretty impressive stuff from from France. And I mean, Deschamps, you know, is say what you will. We've we, I think I've, I've talked shit about him before. Like I, I, any of us could manage France to uh, to a you know a World <laughs> Cup knockout round, yeah. right? Like just don't get just go out there and don't don't fuck up, right? Um, but <laughs> it's clear. I mean, clearly not. Like he the, the guy clearly has the, the ear of the team. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's been managing France for what, 12 years now, something like that. It's, it's yeah. bonkers. How long they do it's for, considering more often than not, uh, you know, second cycles don't t- typically end well for soccer, football, national team managers. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anything Congrats. else uh, about the, about the game in particular? I know we have some other non game stuff, but MJ or Eric, anything else you guys wanted to point out from the actual match itself or, it was a good one. It was a really good one. And, you know, like I said, and I know a lot of people are going for Morocco and the story continues and they've, they've already made a lot of history. They have made it. Yeah. The end. There was a point in the game where I thought, you know, someone was going to reference the Agadir crisis of 1911, where like they, they were, there was just a lot of tension and people pushing and shoving and what's not, but. All right. All right. Dennis Miller. That, that <laughs> tends to be. Hey, this is this is Norm Charlatan, right? So yeah, anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, hats off to him. But yeah, I mean, it's again such a great run by Morocco, and also a, a very solid win. Uh, just to piggyback on what you both said, France played better defense than we've seen them play all tournament. Yeah, they really did. <clears throat> Um, of course, it wouldn't be the World Cup without outside, outside shit going on. Um, Absolutely. Uh, you get one who wants to talk about the Champs-Élysées. Yeah. Well, there's so the the timeline for me is is not extremely clear on this because obviously you have the big celebrations in France with you know they're shooting fireworks and everybody's partying in the Champs-Élysées and everybody's out as as they you know have been in in other cities. When, uh, when these wins happen, Buenos Aires has been bumping. looks beautiful. Um, but at some point, this is, this is what I'm saying in terms of the timeline. I don't know if it's before or after all the fireworks and all the celebration. Um, there is a pretty big confrontation with the, uh, la police uh, dans la Champs-Élysées. And it looks like, at least from, I've seen a couple videos, it, it, it does not look like Moroccan supporters and French supporters are fighting each other. 
it looks like there is some solidarity between the two teams fighting the cops, which <laughs> is, of course, what we want it to be. This is acceptable. Right. <laughs> right. But but tear gas was was shot and, you know, there was probably some mild property damage or whatever. And it, it always looks worse than it actually is when it's like a tiny little phone camera, like capturing a bunch of cops, like going after people. I think if you would have zoomed out, it probably wouldn't have been uh, a whole lot. Uh, but nonetheless, there was there was some tension for sure there. Um, and then uh, this this isn't directly related to that, but more related to um, uh, journalist repression and uh, just Qatari polit- politics. Um, on Democracy Now, they had an interview with Abdullah. I don't know if it's Adais or Abais. It was hard to see the second letter, but he actually worked. On, on the World Cup organizing committee, I think like seven or eight years ago or something like that. And he kind of became a whistleblower and actually started to interview the, uh, the migrant workers, which of course got him fired from the uh, organizing committee and then imprisoned. And it sounds like tortured according to his brother. Uh, and so they were covering this case today. If anybody, oh, thank you. Ibais, Abdullah Ibais. So if anybody wants to see that interview, I highly recommend it. It's on Democracy Now. I'm sure there's other articles that have been written about him as well. I'm not going to make that tangent with, with what we know from Grant Wall, because this is very much a, a legitimate claim to repression and potentially torture of this journalist. Um, so yeah, put it out there to check out. Yeah, we did find out... Um yesterday that um wall died from uh an aortic uh aneurysm um you mentioned on the podcast that he had his body was flown back to the u.s they did an autopsy uh, apparently yesterday and that's what they found um so um all right so i'm just gonna take off here but before he goes mj you got to give us a prediction for the final um who's gonna win france or croatia you mean Argentina or France? Oh, sorry, uh, Argentina or France. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Not uh, France or Croatia. So I'll be cheering for Argentina, but I, it, France looks tough. They look flexible. They look like they can play different styles and uh, absorb pressure from really good teams. So if I were to bet money, I would say France wins two to one, but... Mm. Yeah, it, this could be a goal fest. Like, I don't think it will because when hardware is on the line, teams tend to tense up or tighten up defensively, and they tend not to play as much free-flowing football that could risk those counterattacks. So it, this could be like 5-3, to three, but I'm thinking it's low scoring, and I pick France to win 2-1. to one. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for jumping on, MJ. Have uh, thanks, MJ. Yeah, enjoy your uh, game. I will be at Ninth uh, Street Soccer and Coffee for the third place match, uh, as uh, several Middle Eastern and East African and North African people were there the last time I watched Morocco um, there. So, uh, if anyone wants to join me at Ninth Street, please hit me up on the Twitters. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, Anything else, Eric, um, before we we bring in Rodrigo? 
I don't think so. I mean, that wraps that one up. It's a good okay. one. Really good match. Cool. Well, before we do that, uh, we'll, we'll mention our, uh, one of our sponsors, podium wear. Um, you know, we talk about a, the potential, uh, shirt matchups, um, in terms of iconic shirts. I don't think you get more iconic than France and Argentina, um, in this tournament, maybe, maybe Brazil, pro- probably Brazil, but in terms of the iconic shirts, I think we got a, we got a really good one with, with France and Argentina. So, yeah, um, if you're interested true. in a custom, unique, one of a kind Jersey makes you stand out from the crowd that people are going to look across the pitch and be like, who, what are they wearing? Um, I want some of that. You want to check out podium wear, um, at podiumware.com. As we've mentioned many times, these things are made all in Minnesota. Everything is made in Minnesota. It's all, um, the design is, is created locally here with local designers. They, uh, they emboss the shirts right here. So they take white fabric and literally print your design on it. So you are pretty much, you don't have any limitations on what you can do with the design, which is, which is super cool. Um, and everything happens to sort of in-house in Minnesota, right here in St. Paul, as a matter of fact. Um, the, the uh, gear is super high quality, super durable. I have three different uh, podium wear uh, soccer shirts. Um, one, the oldest one, I think is the Blackheart one, which is at least four years old now. Um, and it looks like brand new. Um, even when you throw it through the wash, uh, two other ones that are again, hold up really well. So you don't have to change your, your kits out every, every year, every other year, which, you know, helps save money, especially for, um, soccer parents. I know soccer costs a lot of money, sadly. Um, so if you can save some money, that's awesome. And you can do everything sort of online storefront too. So you're not ordering, a bunch of shit that you don't need. You're getting um, exactly what you need and exactly what you order. And it ships straight to straight to your house. So if you are interested in learning more about a custom uh, Jersey for your team, um, for your, uh, you know, whether it's a, a, a youth soccer league or adult soccer league, uh, just uh, the, the bozos you hang out with at the bar to watch soccer, um, <laughs> check out, you can talk to Brian uh, over at podium where you can give him a call at 651-895-4559. Uh, or email him, Brian, uh, at podiumware.com. So check him out. And thanks to Podiumware for sponsoring these awesome podcasts. Yeah, I listened to the, the interview last time. Was, that was a really good interview. And I, I like the fact that I don't remember which one we were talking about it. They started apparently as a ski company, right? Yep. Which, and we are a ski family. So <laughs> yes, you still, are now. Yeah. I, I don't know if they're still doing the ski side, but that oh yeah, no, no, they, that's, 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 that is their big skiing and, and then um, uh, cycling. So they, they okay. do, they do a lot of cycling jerseys too. So um, nice. yeah, that's the skiing stuff is, is, I think that's the main component of the business and they're trying to branch out into adding soccer as well. So I know they've done some soccer stuff, but yeah, they make really, um, really cool, really cool ski uniforms and stuff too. So Yep. So yeah, not just soccer. You can check them out for pretty much even ultimate Frisbee team. You want a uh, Jersey sport, check them out. So, uh, all right, we'll be right back. When we come back, we'll have Rodrigo and we'll break down the Croatia Argentina match and then, uh, preview some of the, some of the finals. So we'll be right back. Welcome back. Um, that's our first official break of the uh, of the podcast, and we have um, Rodrigo's tagged in for MJ. Uh, Rodrigo's Tag rocket, team. rocket, rocking his rocking his reindeer ears. Uh, how you doing, buddy? I'm I'm hanging in there. How about you guys? Good, good. Having a, a better better few last few days as opposed to last week. Hopefully, 
Yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm off next week for two weeks for holidays, and my mom comes in on Friday. So, uh, you know, the Peruvian government didn't didn't implode and decide to declare uh, Brazilian martial law. You know, that's the only. She might want to. She might want to extend that. I don't know how long she's planning on staying, but she might want to keep that one open ended. I think. I think she might. Yeah. I was doing research for like <laughs> Latino Jesus. rebels. I was doing some research in like since 2016, which is I think Ollanta was the last president. After that, every other president is averaging one point a little bit a little a little bit over one point two five years in in in, in 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 presidency. That's how long their presidencies last. That's the average. Imagine that. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes, that is that's all I'll say about that. So yeah. Okay. Well let's let's jump into the other the, the first semifinal. We we kind of obviously switched you around and did the second one first. Um we want to make sure we had our combo expert in for Argentina, Croatia, which took place on Tuesday. And um this one ended three-nothing to Argentina. Uh who wants to who wants to break it down a little bit? I'll just start by saying it was cool to see the Croatia blue, black, blue. Last World Cup, it was like straight black with the, you could just kind of see the checker pattern and the black, right. which I thought was awesome. This one was, this was a little different. I mean, I liked it, but I, the black hit more, I thought. Yeah, I say, yeah, I was, we were watching it at the bar and, and it was like, oh yeah, actually those, those are, those are kind of cool. Cause it was like, why the hell are they not wearing the, the white and red? But I guess there's some FIFA rules about clashing or whatever. The, Argentinos were in the uh, vertical stripes or whatever, so um, they ended up having to go with their their second kit. But it was it was pretty cool. So mm-hmm. yeah, change. I, I think the reason was because if you were to you know look at a a Argentinian and a Croatian player with those those, those type of jerseys on, then it would create an ink blot, and then therefore we couldn't be able to. <laughs> It was just you would just lose everything, you know, the attention span, all the sponsoring that FIFA and all the money that that Qatar has has sold into this World Cup. It would just go up in flames. So, become sort of a Rorschach test or something. Yep, where exactly. You yep. See what see what you want to see. Exactly. Uh, corruption. Um, pissed off Croatians because of the referees from Argentina from the whatever. Uh, okay. Well, this game started out pretty, pretty even, uh, if I remember correctly. This is again this is yeah, back so. past this past Tuesday, so lots of lots just happened between now and then. But um, and then it quickly became not even. <laughs> so um, yeah, so there's a first save is comes on in the 24th minute. So um, midfields are battling pretty well. I mean, of, of all the of all the midfields that were left in the tur- that are left in the tournament, probably I would you kind of kind of make the argument that Croatians probably got the best midfield. Honestly, um, really good in terms of, you know, their just their all overall ability and, and experience and everything. Um, and uh, so Argentina gets the first that first shot. Uh, Lvokovic gets makes the save that dude again, you know, um, stepping up massive for Croatia. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> very quickly will not be will not be enough. Um, yeah, it was foreshadowed like right after that with this this free kick situation where. Um, Argentina may, ha, has this great play build and Modric gets all the way back to think, I think it was the right back position to clear this thing. It's just like, what's the right back doing where Modric is like basically covered for him? Not a good sign. Yeah. 
<laughs> but anyway, you, you can take it to the to the next thing because it was just it was really foreshadowing of what's to come. Yeah. Go ahead, Rodrigo. No, I was just going to say, like, you know, it was even, but you could totally see that what Argentina wanted to do against Saudi Arabia was what they were trying to do here, except that it wasn't long balls, but like through balls testing the center backs. And there were many opportunities where like they broke the line and uh, just started creating some sort of havoc for the defenders. And I think that's when a lot of the midfield decided to be like, well, we either play up or we play down. And so, um, so they started to kind of, kind of play a little bit more defensively and that just, you know, opened up a lot of spaces for Argentina to keep on attacking. And I think once they got hungry or uh, I'm pretty sure it was discussed in the locker room before the game, the fact that they faced this team in the 2018 world cup hmm. and then they lost three to nothing. Um, yeah. um, I'm pretty sure that Messi, uh, Messi let them all remember and everyone else, yep. Um, thought about that, so they knew that they wanted to be able to at least erase that that deficit from the previous World Cup, and they and they looked like you know it was it it was heading that way at least it was very battled, but at least until that point, um, you could probably make an argument that either side could score, but you know the Argentinians um were fueled by um looked like coca leaf mate instead of the regular mate because <laughs> they were they were. They were totally like running, running, that's, running everyone ragged. So yeah, that's how you get it through customs. <laughs> it's just mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to your to your point, Rodrigo. Yeah, you make a good point because when the, for the first goal, we can talk about the goal because it comes shortly after that. Um, Modric getting back on defense. Uh, I think there's a turnover in the midfield. Um, Argentina, you know, was able to. Um, I can't remember if it was was it who I'm not sure who put the ball. It wasn't Messi who put the ball over. But basically, he puts the ball over sure. um, the Croatian defenders. I don't know what the fuck De- Dejan Lovren was doing and during this goal. Um, he was out on a walkabout apparently or somewhere. Um, and uh, Springs, um, uh, Julian Alvarez, uh, Alvarez who goes one on one with uh, Levokovic, um, who comes out and takes him down, um, doesn't get the ball, which, you know, that's by the letter of the law, that's a penalty. Um, can't, yeah, it was pretty soft, take, but can't take a dude right. out without. I mean, honestly, if he gets any part of that ball with his with his leg, with his hand, then it's not a penalty, right? Then it's right. just. But because right. because he doesn't get the ball, it's a penalty. If, if I'm not mistaken. No, I mean that's the call. Like you know, yeah. it, denying a goal scoring opportunity before tackling the player and not the ball. So yeah, like, I mean he was close, but. Those are those are those type of like last minute decisions that goalkeepers have to have to kind of make, and you live with it or you don't. And, <laughs> yeah, I, I, last night I was playing in my own game, and um, almost I got kicked in the face by by this girl who was trying to try to take a ball. I'm like, you know, I I dove forward to go for the ball. Like that's kind of on me too. So, but uh, but yeah, so it is a penalty. Um, yellow card for uh, Levokovic and uh. Which I think will is foreshadowing. I think he, I think he has in the back of his mind for a, a future goal here. Um, Messi steps up, uh, just absolutely fucking hits the shit he out of this ball. Destroys this penalty kick. I yes, thought it was going to break the back of the the back of the net. I mean, you talk about rattling the chain. Um, yeah. He hits the shit out of it, and really I was is. looking. I saw a stat. I think on Twitter during while the game was going on, that basically said the the ex the expected goals for that penalty kick was point nine nine. 
Like mm. nothing is a point nine nine in terms of expected goals. Right. But man, he hit the shit. Out. He knew exactly where he was going to put it, and he just he just hit the shit out of it. Yeah, I mean, at at that point, you it's it's a statement goal, right? Like you want to be able to make a statement and and take a stand in a sense, right? And 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 I think power blasting a a, a goal has his uh a kick. I mean, a PK is 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 it has his effects mentally, but also like you run the risk of like bajuing the crap out of that just for blasting it because you're going for power and that that finesse. But you know, Messi. Messi is the most human, as you said, Dave, taking PK. So it's kind of nice just trying to see him just blast things and just be, you know, angry Messi, which is which is sometimes fun to watch. So that's that's what he's been this this tournament too. It's been it's really been interesting. Um he becomes yep. the uh the top goal scorer for the Selección Argentina with that as well, with eleven goals beating uh Batistuta. Batigol. That's that's yep. a big one. Batigol. How many Batistuta? How many players became the, their national team's top scorer in this tournament? I mean, Giroud. Giroud uh, is one. Uh, uh, Neymar is the other one. Did Neymar tie Pele or pass Pele? Tied, tie yep. Pele. Tied Pele. I think there was. I thought there was another one. So I mean, this. I think it was this sort of. Um, was it Valencia and Ecuador because he scored like. Yeah. Three, yep. Yep. Valencia. So yeah. So I mean, I think that goes to show you that this that the tournament twenty twenty six might look a lot different with these teams. Like, there's going to be a lot of turnover. I think between. You know this tournament and the next tournament, for especially at the top, the top top end, right? Uh, players. So, uh, I'll, I'll say Let's go to the next the, one. Oh, yeah, good. Well, on the penalty, um, the Vukovic guess is right. Like the dude guessed correctly. It got his hand up there, but I like to the you know Messi just hits hits the ball so hard that he there's he has no chance at it. So which is it was the crazy. Uh, it would have been. It would have been like the the Shaolin soccer if he would have caught it. He was going to flying into the goal with the ball. <laughs> oh man, we have to watch Shaolin soccer again. It's been a while since I watched that. It. That's fucking great. Classic. Um, uh, and then in the uh, 39th minute, so not too long. I think that was the PK was like about 34th, 35th minute, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. About five minutes later, uh, another goal. This time for Alvarez. Um, a, a great counter. Sick. Yeah, Messi passes. Um, Alvarez Messi from defense, like he but, he's basically like in a right back position or left back position at this point. <laughs> he's yeah, way back there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This goal was was very was very nice too. I mean, this dude sits on the bench for Man City because of Erling Holland. Like that's how fucking crazy uh Man City is. Like this guy plays like. 20 minutes a game for for Man City Alvarez he's a really good player really good I, yeah. I think so, the, I mean, the fun thing is how like whenever you get a chance to see a player where the where their first touch is so great that the ball just looks to be just stuck to their body it's just it's just one of those fun things to watch and the whole process of him dribbling it up beating somebody the ball still pops up in the air somehow and still has control of it enough to be able to 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 put it away is is it's just uh you know it's, it's a little it's, chest it's, trap in there yeah pretty. i mean it's it's everything you want to be able to see right i mean like and i mean you know and their story with alvarez and, and martinez and a lot of these other young players who you know you know i think if you ever saw the um the if you if you if if you check the twitters right cuz eric can't check the twitters so you have to check the twitters for him um, I could check so, anything today. Not even, yeah, <laughs> even yeah. if I wanted. To That's Twitter. why. See, you, you left Twitter, and Elon Musk found you, and they were like, you know, yeah. he's gonna lock his Vendetta. phone. Yeah, <laughs> you know, all those times that you, 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 you know, you, you questioned his, uh, whatever. Anyway, um, 
You know, it's it's the, you know the, a lot of these young players, um, you know, grew up with uh, idol, not only idolizing Messi, but just in the aspect of the national team seeing Messi. And I think Alvarez is a picture of him uh, when he's a young kid, uh, you know, taking a picture with Messi, right? And so like now he's now now Messi has become some sort of like you know leader or leadership and just kind of guiding these kids that that he's that they've seen him play and i think that's just a that's just a really great story you know what i mean like for sure and it kind of gives you like a deep deeper understanding and meaning of of how soccer has its effect or football has its effect in, in certain countries not of course not not like the united states but just overall the history of it. But anyways, yeah, that, that Alvarez goal was, was great. Um, and I think it's just at that point when you're up to nothing, you know, we've seen, um, we've seen Argentina be up to nothing before. Yeah. And, and usually scariously you know, in football. Yeah. <laughs> and usually it doesn't bode well for them, but you know, defensively they were doing some good things as well too. Uh, um, they were being able not only to, hold saves but also be able to deflect the ball and you know at times you saw everyone was playing defense and that's something that you usually don't see right um you know the the midfielder was running back a little bit more messy at times would, would would be there an outlet for support to be able to relieve pressure and it just became you know um at that point when you're up to nothing you know you you know there's going to be avenues to be opened up because the other teams are and that's literally what happened so i want to yeah. go back to the goal really quick yeah, if ahead. i may just i just wanted to say i mean with, with this goal and he gets such a great ball an over kind of chip pass thing from messi but he picks it up before midfield so you kind of get this Echo of Maradona in this. In I this forgot. Goal, this I is the, yeah. This is the Maradona. I mean, Messi has something similar in a little bit, yes. a little bit, but but this is like yeah. something similar. Yeah. Exactly, because he, he you get to see him burn like one, two, three, four. I think maybe five. And as he's like Rodrigo talked about, like he's it looks like he's losing control, but he's still very much in control, right. even though the ball's bobbling we're, around. We're talking about the the England goal, right? Um. Oh, oh, Maradona's exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's something similar though. But yeah, you where, where the ball it. just doesn't seem to to want to leave the the person Maradona's foot. Yeah, no, it's exactly. it's similar to that, but just like overall, just being able to control the ball while moving forward. Yep. It's just, and then watching all these opposite jerseys just right. go behind and go behind and go behind. It's like he is most not most Salas had <laughs> most Salas had a couple like those for Liverpool where um where yeah the ball it's like it's like the ball's taped to his foot right or. It's on a string and it can only it only gets about what maybe like you know half a foot away from him at, at any given point. So it was it was very it was very fun to watch and um yeah, it was cool. It was really especially cool. for Argentinian fans. So um so yeah so again to your point Rodrigo like we've seen Argentina have two old leads and uh and that kind of disappear. Uh I think the you know it's two minutes later there's an uh, another corner um almost another Argentina goal. I think at this point we see that they are they have decided to um, embrace the mantra of of me with Croatia, and that they just need to keep stabbing. Stab. Keep stabbing. <laughs> keep stabbing. That, that was the, got... that was the chat. You kept putting that in the chat. It was it was it was right on. <laughs> I think I put it in just before the Alvarez goal too. I was like, nope, this yeah. one's one's not going to do it. You got to you got to keep going. You got to kill them until they're dead. So, um, so yeah. So they decided to uh, put the pedal to the metal, and uh, they go into halftime up to nothing. Um, you know, any any other? I mean, other than like. 
I think Croatia should might feel hard done by by the score here because they certainly for the first 25 minutes or so um, looked decent, looked like they were up for it. But that last 20 minutes just really, it was all of a sudden it's like Argentina was like, wait, we're better than them and we have more attacking talent. We should use that. And I think right. this is the first time in a long time too. You could probably even argue all the way back to 2018. The first time since 2018 where Croatia may actually be tired because this, this team that just seems like they cannot die and have that zombie superpower. Yeah. That alluding I, to. I mean, and it's, it looked like they were starting to tire. Yeah. They were fading away. I mean, like a lot of the midfield was running, doing a lot of running back and forth and their possession wasn't as they had better possession at one point during this game. I think between the first 25, 30 minutes, they had better possession in Argentina, but once that goal happened, it just started beginning giving away who had the ball more and who was able to rotate. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, Croatia is a, is a good solid team when, when, you know, when neither team have the lead, right. When they're playing for, for the aspect of possession and try to do that. But once that lead is lost, it just opens up a lot of different areas for them, for other teams to attack. And, and, and Modric just becomes, you know, on an Island in a sense, right. Cause he has to move back. He has to, play the ball he has to be able to do everything and if and you know like um I, I i'm really you know like he was really looked really tired but he also didn't look like he had close enough outlets nobody was checking to him to get the ball and it just wasn't it was disrupting the flow which is probably playing in the hand of argentina right i mean um you know being able to have young physical guys you guys look at alvarez and you still see like all the pimple ridden face that he has and he's just like yeah looks like some kid who's like playing you know who's like a junior in high school who just ends up you know it's just like i was like that kid is like i was like oh my god he plays for man city as a dear lord do they just let him get the towels for everybody and just Uh, you know dude scored a goal against liverpool in the champion the um in the uh uh not the supporter shield the um whatever the fucking Sure, yeah, I don't, I don't know what Man City's gonna uh, do with that kid. So yeah, I'm guessing probably, probably, sell get, him. probably get loaned out and then yeah, maybe sell him. But he just came in this past summer too with uh with Holland. So um yeah, to your point, Rodrigo, uh Croatia subs in, make two subs right away at halftime, um, bringing in fresh legs, and then a, a third sub like four minutes later, um, just because Argentina is absolutely relentless um <laughs> right after the second half, too, right? Like they're not going to have a uh, a repeat of Saudi Arabia where they just they let they let their guard down for ten minutes and then end up you know two two or something like that. So, um, yeah, Croatia has a chance in the sixty first minute. Uh, there's a, a a mess in the box. Uh, Martinez um, has a save, but it's not able to not able to clear it well. Uh, defense is right there though, like we did like we mentioned with the France and the scramble in front of the goal. Um, at the very last sort of shot from Morocco, the, the defense is there and then they're able to clear it. Um, which brings us back to the, the pimple, the pimple boy himself, uh, Alvarez <laughs> in the 68th minute. This goal, Not just mean, it's, Alvarez, it's, but it's Alvarez's, Alvarez it's Alvarez's goal, but it, this is a, this is Messi's goal. It's what's called, yeah. let's call a spade a fucking spade, right? Um, like Messi picks the ball up right around midfield, right? Like he, he picks yep. it up. Just maybe just on the other side of, of the of the midfield line, and takes it to the touchline. Was, Wasn't it uh, close to being out of bounds? I think you had it like right. Yeah, on it the was right. Line. He was right. Yeah, yeah, he was right on. Yeah, right on the touchline. Yeah. Um, it's uh, the 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 kid he um, uh, like murders and 
puts his skin on uh, is uh, uh, Joseph Variol. He's been probably the um, uh, one of the standout defenders of the tournament. Or Josco, sorry, not not uh, Josco Variol, uh, Leipzig, uh, be Leipzig defender. If you're not watching the Bundesliga, guys, we've we've talked about like four different Bundesliga players today. Like yep. it's a fun it's a fun league. Um, he's been sort of like the the sort of the standout one of the standout you know young. He's only I believe he's only 20 years old. One of the standout stars of the tournament. People are talking about how he's going to get a big move, and then Messi absolutely skins him um, several just times. A beautiful sequence, seriously. Yeah, I mean, go back. We we uh, words definitely cannot do it justice. We definitely cannot do it justice. You have to just watch. Um, I believe there was some, someone on someone on Twitter put it like had a clip of it. it just like it's like a on repeat. It just it was about fifteen seconds of absolute like pure soccer goodness. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he passes. He passes to uh, back past uh, Alvarez, who just is able to well, put it in for a brace. I, mean, I, I think the thing too is just that the the way Messi gets the ball and literally makes something out of nothing, right? Because the ball is going out of bounds. He's being pushed out out of bounds. So that's what mm-hmm. you want as a defender, right? Like you, 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 you're, the sideline is your friend. So if you're trying to push a player towards the 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 sideline, you're going to more than likely win the win. And somehow. Messi keeps the ball in, and then he loses the momentum. And now the defender is, is is trying to keep even with with Messi as they're running. And when Messi makes a stop, he makes that body faint one way, and and literally just just curls and goes around the other way enough to be able to get around the line. And just as he's being pushed towards towards as he cut in, he's being pushed. You can see him take a quick peek. And Alvarez is moving into position, and he already knows that he's there. So he just puts the ball there, and boom, there you go. And then they go and celebrate in front of the Argentinian uh, fans that were right behind that that goal. I mean, that was, you know, that was that was a lot of fun to watch. And I think you know, angry Messi um, doesn't have to like. And this is what we talked about. And like, people always make the argument, you know, that well, Messi has to win it for Argentina. It's like Messi does not have to win it for Argentina. You know, it's like the difference between this Messi and previous versions of Messi is that Messi had to do everything. Yeah. And right now he doesn't, right? He has to be great just in certain moments. And he has been. And that's all he needs to do because he's got young players and 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 established players that are willing that are willing to do the work. And just think about it. Like this game, this semifinal game was the first time we saw Dybala get like what four or five minutes six yeah. seven minutes you imagine that this 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 player's you know is, is a top forward in any league and here he is you know barely getting any playing time uh in a world cup and he seems to be happy because they're winning and they're doing everything they need to be doing so all right this actually might be a, <clears throat> a good time for me to drop in my crazy half-baked argentina hypothesis that i just came up with um you're we talking <laughs> We were talking about Alvarez and, and and Messi and and how like, I mean I think if you if you if you put all the Messi teams side by side, just in terms of like the rosters and the talent on the rosters, right? So not how they played as a team, you know, their results in tournaments or anything like that. Like just the talent on the team, this is probably the weakest team that he's had. Um, in terms of like, I mean, they have a dude from fucking MLS on their roster, right? Like, um. Um, McCall- Alexis McAllister plays for Brighton is, is like one of the standout stars of the tournament, right? So in terms of like high-end, high-name talent, I think this might be the, the worst team he's had. However, 
you talk about all the the younger guys like Alvarez and, and Martinez and things like that. Um, so let me let me here's my theory. I think you know Argentina also has a uh, a reputation as someone as a team that likes to bottle it. You know when it gets deeper into the tournament, right? They they screw it up somehow. Um, and everybody always put that on Messi as like you know he's trying to carry the team or whatever. And maybe to a point he was because he had the sort of the the weight of Maradona over him. Right. And, and everybody who was, who those first, you know, few tournaments, all the players he was playing with had, had posters of Maradona on their roster, on, on their wall. You could right? actually literally say the weight of Maradona because he was <laughs> physically present and all I mean, other ones. <laughs> as a manager, everything like that, but like all the players that, that Messi was playing with grew up with Maradona posters. Right. So they, they idolized that dude and, and rightfully so. Right. Um, for several reasons, some reasons, maybe not so much, but, um, it was, you know, it was the, it was the seventies and eighties guys. You can't know whatever. Um, however, uh, and I'm not, this is not like because Maradona is, you know, has passed away or since passed away, but the bulk of the, the, the main players that the players who are com- contributing the most grew up with messy posters on their wall. Right. So like their deference isn't to Maradona. Like they know Maradona obviously, because, you know, if you're a soccer fan, you have to, especially, I mean, you know, especially Argentina. Right. But it's like, but Messi was the guy that they, you know, dreamed of being playing alongside. So, right. it's, you know, so, and I think that, so I don't know, I haven't really said it's, it's, it's a half cooked, half baked hypothesis, but like <laughs> Messi's playing a lot more calm and collective because he doesn't have that weight. Um, and, you know, he has these guys deferring to him, like knowing like, oh yeah, this dude can do it. It's not like he has to do it. Otherwise we are fucked because that's how, you know, that's how they envisioned the, it before. So I don't know. Again, let me, tell me how fucked that that theory is, right? I'm not Argentinian, so I don't, you know, the, the that could be completely off base. But I, that's like I said, I just I just thought it up here in the last like 15 minutes. So, well, none none of us are, but I, I think there's something to it that everybody, including the entire country, wants this for him. You know what I'm saying? So I think I think there's something there. I I I I, I see it, but I also don't. Um, I think the Argentinian media. Um, has always been the harshest critics for whoever is the top player in, in their football. Like, Maradona had it, and he couldn't handle it well. But the difference between Maradona and um, and Messi is that a lot of a lot of the teams that, they, that Maradona played when there was a very individualistic talent level type of thing. They'll take over the game. Messi is a different type of player where he can take over the game but he makes other people better around him who understand him. Like mm-hmm. we've talked about that, that, that amazing laser pass with no look, right? Maradona, Maradona could try that and probably could do it, but he wouldn't, right? He went for the glory, right? And, and, sure. and I think Messi in this, in, in this example, or at least in this World Cup, um, he understands he doesn't have to. And I think Copa America was key, right? Because Copa America was supposed to be in Argentina. Then... COVID and the political and economical things that were happening in Argentina took that away from them and, and landed in Brazil. And I think a lot of the Argentinians and a lot of national team players like took that to heart, right? This is supposed to be played in Argentina. And and a lot of people at the beginning of Argentina were struggling through the through the cup, but then eventually they made it, right? And it and and one of those Heavy lifting was being able to Messi lift a international tournament cup, um, 
with the national team. I think Copa Libertadores proved that, right? And he he talked about how it meant to him and how it meant to all the, all the different uh, for how it meant for Argentina and the, and and everyone else on the national team. And I think with that understanding and mentality, and all these young players who have seen this go were part of that, like you know, and Di Maria and all of them, right? Who understand this is how we're going to get things done, and having a a coach who understands this and and sees if we are able to mix the new with the old or be able to just build build certain versions of, of Messi with this team, then it, it really, you know, it's like it, it it'll, it'll become really something great to see, but also something that's that's consistent. You know what I mean? Like like sure, you can play Di Maria. Di Maria is not working. All right, let's put this young kid in. You know, Messi's gonna be able to find them. And then that's the thing, is like trust trust the system in a sense. And I think uh, the coach has done a really good job in trying to be able to find those pieces that could work well with him. And Alvarez is one of those new pieces, right? And so there you go. I'll stop my rant. <laughs> no, it's that's great. Yeah, I think there's there's probably it's some combination of of all all of the above on that. But <clears throat> what's uh is it does remind me the name of the the manager of Argentina? Uh, it's uh Sc- Scaloni, Scaloni, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Did, did they play together? Or, I mean, was is there any overlap with him and Messi? Um, let's see. He's not. The, he he's like close yeah, he's to young. probably yeah, Rodrigo in my age. He's not that old. Yeah, he's yeah, he's young. He's like forty five, maybe. So there yeah. might there might there might there's probably a little bit of overlap. Yeah, um, interesting. At some point. <clears throat> well, I mean, yeah, yeah not, not not much left in this game. Um, obviously, uh, Croatia has a free kick um, opportunity that's saved by Martinez. Uh, probably you know, more sort of actually even uh, honestly more Argentinian opportunities um, uh, closer to goal. Uh, so this was just a kind of a masterclass and killing off a game as well. Um, yeah. That, you know, Argentina stepped up. So, you know, two teams that we had <laughs> were pretty much, you know, like all oh, these guys don't really care as much about defense in uh, Argentina and France are both played really good defensive games in their, in their semifinals. So um, anything else uh, on, this match um, or Argentina or Croatia generally, other than uh, I'll just say again, like you gotta, you gotta keep stabbing Croatia until they're, until they're, until they're dead. So. Yep. And then, and then you got to move the headstone, right? Move the headstone. Right. I forgot about that. Did, <laughs> yeah. Not, but I mean, you two, I know I didn't, but you two didn't pick. I know Rodrigo had Argentina, but did anybody get Argentina and France? I don't think so. No. Okay. You yeah, had I'm France not sure. going to the finals though, Eric, right? Didn't you? Did not. I'd oh, you did them. not. Okay. <laughs> my my other side was just hot garbage. Yeah. Back, like the second I, week. <laughs> I might. Yeah, I don't think I had. I don't think I had friends. I definitely had Argentina. I have Argentina winning it in in mine. But um, I think I honestly, I think I have. De- I had Denmark in the final. <laughs> At least getting I, I the Denmark, Denmark third. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what so. a nightmare. Yeah, I had England in mine, and okay. apparently, even even PKs doing. Regular time <laughs> killed them off. So, right, uh, right. So I'm, I'm going okay. all in on Guanajuato next time. <laughs> yeah. No, I, cool. I I think you know some of these things too that um, have been popping up in social media. Um, you know, just the impact of of this game uh, was was great scene. There's a there's video of Argentinian fans actually uh, singing a Messi song in front of his grandma's house. <laughs> That's awesome. 
And so like so like this Oh, this is, is the abuelita, abuelita, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, oh, it's like the great. abuelita Messi is like this is Messi's grandmother. Yes. Like they're singing that song in front of her house and she's standing in the balcony, kind of like in the big bay window, and she's just listening to them. And I think that's <laughs> yep. that's that's freaking like that's that that's in a sense, you know, that, that the power of, of football has on a, on a on a nation in a sense, right? And yeah. there's also the interview from um the the um the Argentinian reporter, she she pretty much, you know, instead of just saying, you know, asking questions, she's like, you've done all you need to do. Like, he's like, whether you win or lose, you do your impact, impact on the young people, the impact and on your nation, your impact, everything. You, you've done what you came to do. So I hope you understand that. And I think that sincerity and that moment of um, appreciation, but also acknowledging of humanity is 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 a lot that we didn't see, you know, it's, it's a lot that we didn't see with Maradona or players of that era. Right. Um, you know, and I think that's, that's something to, to celebrate. And I, I'm happy to see those type of things, but I also, you know, want to be able to see, you know, other things and whether they, they win it or not. I mean, like this probably can be said, this is the best Copa America. I mean, Copa America, best world cup, um, you know, that Messi has played in such a long time that it's just, um, you know, regardless of the results, you know, he this is a balloon the or performance in a sense, in my in my sense, right? Yeah, if you <clears throat> you know, um plays well and yeah, it's it really is <clears throat> sorry. Um really has been great. So anything else, Eric? Anything else you want to add on the no, I mean not really. I, I the celebrations were awesome. Buenos Aires was bumping probably a million people out in the streets. It was incredible. And I, I took a bike tour when I was there. I remember, I remember biking around the obelisk, which is, you can imagine in South American drivers and traffic in general, but a bunch of idiots on bikes trying to like <laughs> bike through all that traffic was, was pretty thrilling to say the least, but uh, <laughs> no, nobody was moving anywhere around that obelisk. Just watching all those people celebrate. It was beautiful. Yeah, no. And I, and I think too, too, England, like Dave said in previous podcast episodes is that, you know, with France, you've seen sort of like a, like a plan as to what, who do you want to beat you? Do you want Mbappe to beat you or do you let anyone else beat you? And I think right now, like if I'm, if I'm, uh, if I'm Argentina, it's like, I'd rather someone else beat me. Giroud can only be so hot for so long. And if you are able to, if you're midfield and the physicality of Argentinian and Comabol style playing, that that Griezmann is going to is going to get hacked like there's no tomorrow. And <laughs> if you stop Griezmann, then you know the 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 flow of the game really really becomes one dimensional at that point. So yeah, well let's uh, we'll jump to that in a second here. Um, speaking of uh, Abuelita's homes, if you need a home, uh, very, very or nice. uh, <clears throat> very need to build nice. a balcony. Uh, put a big ass bay window in there, and, and you need to find a, a good contractor, and you just don't know who to who to reach out to. Uh, you can reach out to our good friend Nate Pence uh, from yep. Pence Homes, um, <clears throat> huge uh, supporter and sponsor of soccer uh, podcast. Uh, the uh, Soda Soccer uh, folks are sponsored by Pence. Uh, Minneapolis right. City is the front of front of kit sponsor. Um, as we Rodrigo wants to tell us, if you need help trying to get rid of your neighbor because you have a, a crappy neighbor. Um, Nate will hey. somehow magically find a way, right? Yeah, Nate, Nate will advocate for you in some sort of way. <laughs> but but you know what we should do? We should, we should you know, 
go to Nate's house and make him come out the bay window and just start <laughs> start singing pants home, pants home, pants home, right? There's a chant. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I said, I've, I've talked about before. Nate worked with me and, and my wife when we bought our house, and it was just the super super easy, seamless process. He worked his team, um, worked with my uh, uh, my in laws, and I've, and he's worked with a bunch of soccer fans. So if you're ever if you're thinking about doing anything with your home. Um, I definitely would reach out to to Nate and, and his team, um, Nate at pensomes.com, or you can go to their website, just pensomes.com, uh, and uh, or give him a call at 612-308-1122. Uh, yeah, big thanks to, to Pence Homes for sponsoring this uh, World Cup content that you are all enjoying. So, uh, all right, what's, you know, we can, we got a little bit of time. Um, we, we're not going to be over two hours here, but uh, is there anything we want to say about this third place match between Croatia and Morocco? Um, I know we talked a little bit on it beforehand with MJ, but um, uh, in terms of the Morocco side, but uh, anything either Rodrigo or Eric, you're looking for? I'm interested. I'm interested in it. I think this is usually I don't even watch the the third place match, to be honest, but uh, you know, Morocco gets an extra one. They've they've already made history. Let's, let's see what happens. Let's see if they can pull it off. I don't know what Croatia team we're going to get. If it's going to be a tired Croatia, or if it's going to be a Croatia that wants to play for it. So I'm interested. I'll watch it. I mean, I, I think I, I think overall it depends if um, Morocco is, is able to get some of those key players back that were, you know, under injury or whatnot. Because yeah, Morocco did did that. challenge France in a sense, right? Didn't score, but did challenge. It didn't make it easy. And I think if, if, if the same team shows up that played France, I think they might be successful against Croatia. But also, you know, Luka Modric... You can't count him out. I mean, this is literally right. going to be his curtain call for World Cups, and so I'm pretty sure that's on his on his mind, and he wants to be able to finish it in 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 a good way. And you know, third place is not bad. You know, you know oh, it might be the curtain call for the entire team. I mean, you think of what they've accomplished over the past the last cup, but even before that. So we're talking 12 years at this point of Croatia being pretty consistently incredible. It's doubtful in my mind, they're going to come back to this precipice anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, they, they, didn't, <clears throat> they got knocked out, I think in the round of 16 and the year the past euros, but um, yeah, so they're everybody kinda, that's, that's why everybody kind of thought, Oh yeah, they're old. They've, they've played a lot of minutes. They're not, they're, they're not going to be able to do it this year. And then obviously they were, they proved us totally wrong. Yeah. I'll just say to Morocco. Um, uh, I didn't do inches are the best, almost goal of the tournament. Hands down, number one, the Morocco uh, uh, bicycle kick goal um, that hit the po- that, that hit the post to hit uh, Hugo Lloris. Um, definitely the best almost goal of the tournament for sure. Well, I think and we I'll have to s- give maybe a oh please no 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 go ahead yeah that's it. I, I was gonna say it, it's it's hard for me to rank between the uh, was was the um, Hernandez. Muay Thai kick, and then mm. also the I think the first um, Alvarez. So I I don't know they're, they're kind of a toss up for me for very different reasons stylistically. They're completely different goals, but they were just both awesome and spectacular to watch. So I give them yeah. both goals. Favorite. Yeah. Game. The last thing I'll say about the third place game um, is if you if you are a gambler or want to become a gambler, um, this is a give you a really good uh, parlay bet. Is you bet the over and a number of goals. And I don't even know what that number is, but you bet the over and then you bet Morocco to win this game. Um, so I think, again, I think to Rodrigo's point is that, you know, this is a, you know, will be a really great showing for Morocco. I mean, it already is a great showing for Morocco. I think we, I think I mentioned earlier too, like, I think they're going to want to win this more than Croatia. 
there should be a lot of, there'll be, I'm sure there'll be a lot of turnover in the rosters or on the teams um, in terms of Croatia, maybe trying to get some of their younger guys. Maybe haven't got too many minutes, some world cup minutes um, knowing that they're going to be losing Modric and probably Perisic and a couple other itches yep. on the, uh, on the Croatian <laughs> roster. Snitches. What snitches? Snitches. <clears throat> no itches. And then, um, and yeah, like, I think there's gonna be a lot of goals and like that. I think Morocco's, you know, plus Morocco, I think is just gonna have, I mean, they've had massive fan support the entire tournament. Yep. And I think everybody probably who came from Morocco, would they charter like 30 planes to come from Morocco? Like those people well, are going to stick around you've probably. Got, you've got like the 50,000 Lebanese fans that are fake everybody fans. So now they can actually like be like, you know what? We actually do want to go from Morocco. Yeah, bandwagon, yeah. bandwagon. Do you do you think what are the odds that Morocco if Morocco wins this game, the fans take just jump through the jump take over and jump onto the field? That's what I want to know. Be awesome. I mean, I definitely would. Like, is this is this in one of the tournament one of the stadiums that they're gonna tear down anyways? Or because <laughs> that'd be great. No, I, I, yeah, I think they, they already tore that one up, didn't they? Uh, yeah, for, I think you're right. I think the, the cargo ship one, right? That was the one yeah, I think they're yeah. they already disassembled. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Well, that's that's on Saturday at 9 a.m. Um in the, earlier in the podcast, MJ mentioned it. He'll be at 9th Street watching that one. I will more than likely be at the Black Heart. So if you're out and about, uh, come say hey to us. Um, and then the so the final, um, we talked we've talked a little bit about both Argentina and France. Um, you know, Reggie just mentioned a little bit about Argentina in this particular game. Any any other um, you know thoughts or uh, feelings about how this is going to go? What we might see from both Argentina and France? I mean, this is a toss up. Seriously, you know. Like my Hollywood heart wants wants Messi to wrote, you know raise the cup and you know retire in that sense and have the new kids kind of take over. That's a Hollywood ending, but you know France is no joke either. So you know they they you know they have one of the best players in the world who can probably you know outrun uh, elections and uh, you know election deniers faster than any of us can can even dream of. Or, uh, and so that's just one of those things that you know that that's that that's key is like, how do you handle Mbappe? What is your defensive strategy? Um, you know, how are you going to handle the the middle? Are you going to try to push them on the flanks? Right? What are you going to do with their flanks? And what are you going to do to counter? I think that's what's going to be, and I think um, Argentina has has as a tough challenge in front of them, but this whole tournament has been a big challenge for them, you know, and, and, um, France, the only time they've, they, they've seen somewhat coherent and confident was that game against Morocco in a sense. Right. And anywhere else it's always been, you know, up to that point, they've been, they were giving up a, 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 a goal a game throughout this tournament. They always let one in except for that game. And so it's it's interesting to see what you know can they can they stop the offensiveness that this that this uh this Argentinian team has and how much how much can Griezmann handle and what magic what magical thing can can Messi do to to punch us in and how angry can Messi get I guess is the question what kind of what kind of angry Messi do we want to see and. The angrier the the angrier the the better for me. Get the pass the bubble. Get get his bubble. Get the pass the bubble. I think you're right. Like the the first 15, 20 minutes of this thing are going to be really telling. I think, uh, as as you said, France are going to be happy to give Argentina possession. 
So what are they going to do with it? And if Messi and Alvarez can connect or whoever, get a goal, get two goals in, the, in those first 15, 20 minutes, it seems highly unlikely they get two, but who knows? Even getting one goal, I think will be telling. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of set the tone and maybe even be the final result. But if France can play the game they've been playing and, and hold for those 15, 20 minutes, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen at that point. Because they, you know, it takes 30 seconds. Not even. It takes five seconds for one of those breaks. And it's over. Okay. <clears throat> what do you think, Dave? Yeah. No, I, <clears throat> I think that's, that's you know, it's exactly. I think, I think someone else said it. Um, it's the matches, the, you know, it's the GOAT versus the greatest right now in, in Messi versus Mbappe. I think the point, I, I think, so I think England showed teams how to deal with France and Mbappe. And I think um, Morocco um, did just that again, but for starting off with a back three to try and keep Sace on the field. And if they, I think if they just stuck with their, their normal four, three, three, and maybe just replace him um, from the start of the game, you know, they may have done the, they may have done the damn thing. And, and, but there was just that confusion at the, at the start of the match. <clears throat> but again, Mbappe didn't have, I mean, there was obviously moments of genius. Um, which when you have a guy like that, like you just, that's, you're just gonna, you know, that's gonna happen even if you double team him and try and take him out of the pitch. It, two or three times, he's gonna do something amazing that you have, you can't defend. And so you just gotta hope that the two or three times that that happens, that the rest, everybody else is, is you know, checked in and checked on um, and does their jobs. But, you know, if you put two guys on Mbappe, you're, you're leaving somebody open. It's just a matter of, of whether or not, you know, Riesman or Giroud, um, Eric, you know, mentioned, and one of those guys can hurt you. And, you know. Well, let's um, not forget legend uh, <laughs> Kolo, Kolo Moani. <laughs> yeah, Kolo, yeah, yeah. 24-year-old uh, Frankfurt attacker, um, Kolo Moani, who, again, would be on the roster if but for Kareem Benzema, probably. So um, uh, I, I literally had to go back up and remember his name. Like, what was his name again? Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> It's it's gonna be interesting. It's going to be a great final. That's the way I yeah. see it. And, yeah. and I, I think, think that's go ahead. Yeah, I was saying I think if FIFA had to pick one, they would either pick Argentina, France, or Brazil, France. They weren't looking at the bracket. So I think they got one of the, the better ones ever it, that they could expect. So yeah, go ahead, Rodrigo. No, I was just going to say is like it's it's going to be it's, it's I mean, this whole World Cup has been very memorable in a sense, right? Not only because of where it is and how it got there and the millions of things that you know, like this happened and during this World Cup that have been impactful to football and soccer around the world is just crazy, right? Uh, and I think that's that's one of the things is like you know, from um, journalists passing away, right? Photojournalists as well, from you know, uh, little teams being able to do get so far, right? And and big teams crumbling. I, I mean, it's it's. It's a good Netflix series. I don't know who's going to to drop the anime version of this World Cup, but whoever does that, it's 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 going to be um, yeah. really interesting. Uh, but no, I mean I'm excited. I'm nervous. Um, I know G is super nervous because G <laughs> is a big Messi fan, and watching her kind of rediscover um, soccer because, um, in the sense of like watching it and being a big fan, has, has been great. I mean, because the last time she saw Messi, you know. Uh, well, she was this into Messi was when, you know, 
the centenario Copa America was here in the United States. So. Yeah, I'm already starting to feel the ennui of, of the of the tournament being over, man. It's uh can't believe there's only two more matches left. So <clears throat> yeah, what are we gonna do after that? <laughs> Good question. That means only one more episode of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we'll, have exactly right. we'll have to figure out. We'll have to figure out when we when we record that. Maybe maybe we'll have to try and maybe do it Sunday right after the after the match or something, or sometime in the afternoon or whatever. But we'll figure that out. Um, all right, now let's do it. Let's do our predictions. Um, you gotta pick. You gotta pick somebody. Um, come on, I don't Eric, do these come anymore. Come on, Noah, you, I do. I don't you, do these anymore. I'm, I've you, failed at everyone. This you chickened out oh. in the semis. Uh, I'm. I'll start. Mm. I think Argentina wins it. I think. I think it's two one. I think we finally get that Hugo Lloris howler that's been mm. uh, the tournament has been waiting for. And um, I think the Messi narrative is far far too powerful for the you know Mbappe two World Cups already. Deschamps uh, winning two, you know, two to row back to back. Um, that's also a really powerful and fun narrative too. But if I was the narrative gods, I would choose Messi um, retiring from international soccer, you know, with a with the World Cup and the Golden Ball um, in his hand. So I'm going to go with two one France or uh, two in Argentina. Rodrigo, come on, Eric. Oh, oh, me, oh, me. I I think it it I think this becomes a three two game, two two extra time. And then Argentina okay. scores uh, in the second extra time, three two. Hmm. All right, interesting. That'd be fun. More soccer. <clears throat> I'll say I, I'm not sure if it's if my if it's a two one gets extra time if it's a one one and goes or but I think I think that and I don't think we go to penalties on this. Let's put it that way. So no, I, right. I definitely do. Yep. I don't see penalties. Eric, oh come on, man, I hate this. Um. You usually like say, going the opposite of everyone else is doing. So just take no, turns. no. I, I want I want the messy narrative. I do. I'm just trying to figure out how it's going to play out, though. I, I think it's, I think it's two to one. I think it goes a little later than we expect, though. I think maybe not extra time, but like into the 80th or something like that, and they get something, or maybe it does go to extra time. Who knows? But no P, no PKs though. No PKs. <laughs> All right. Please no PKs. Let's not <laughs> let's not do PKs. Wait, uh, MJ picked France, right? I'm pretty sure. Can't, I'm not. Can't remember. Um, I remember so I think we had no, he one. Did. I, he did. Yeah, I remember one. Did. One person picked France. So um, okay. Well, hey guys, uh, that this was fun. Um, next time we talk, will be the last of the World Cup Minnesota Football Dave's podcast. So. If you have any maybe thoughts, maybe not or, the end of the Minnesota football days. Yep. If you have any thoughts or ideas, I, you know, I have some things I need to, again, more formulate a little bit better than my um, half-baked, half-assed, uh, messy Argentina theory. Um, but if you have any thoughts about what, you know, what you want us to see us do um, together as a, as a show, would that's, you know, let us know. Cause I threw it up on Twitter, Eric, which you didn't see, but this is, you know, obviously the world cup has been crazy for lots of reasons. Rodrigo, you mentioned a bunch of them, you know, Grant wall and, all the, you know, Morocco and all these, you know, crazy upsets and things like that. Obviously all the other bullshit that surrounds the tournament with the human, human rights, um, LGBTQ rights and, and workers dying. Um, one cool thing has just been the Voltroning of this show. I think I've had a lot of fun chatting with you guys every few days. Um, and I hope listeners have enjoyed it as well because we want to keep doing. It, I think. I think generally, I think we, we all like each other enough. So maybe not this intense. It feels like it's been right. like three months. <laughs> right. we'll, we'll take a break for sure. 
Well, I'm just saying we can space about it to like it's it's intense when it's like all one month and it's like show and show and show and show. I'm recording, recording, recording. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, definitely. I can't, um, I can't wait till we review soccer movies and just do the the. the you know, movie. we had the we we did that for uh, some of the Patreon content for the days I know Patreon. I'm I'm down to do it again. I have a I have a a, a template for like. Um, th- we called it the watch the, party. It was me, Martin, new... and and uh, D- and uh, Luke Craig. But Craig, I'm sure we can yeah. get all those dudes in, and we could we could have fun with it with a few a few movies. So the the new Netflix series on the Colombian guy that ends up getting off looks pretty right. incredible. Yeah, but but I, th- I think it starts with his murder, and then it's all backstory up to that point, which seems really cool and really okay. Right. I mean, you you got Rexham, you got you know, you got Ted Lasso. I mean, there's enough soccer to go around for a while. Yeah. We, I mean, we started it because we wanted to watch uh, uh, the movie Ladybug starring Ronnie Dangerfield, and I had it was such a fun movie. movie. I needed to have a reason uh, to invest uh, three dollars in some really, really terrible trans and gay panic in that movie. Yeah. Um, so, but we've watched some good ones too. So don't we, it yeah. doesn't doesn't we? I think I think the first one ever actually was Shaolin Soccer, Eric, and I think it was because you recommended it to us, and it was oh, on good. Netflix. So. Yeah, man, we should. That's that's a, that's a great idea. We should we should definitely bring that back. We can make Patreon content for for both of us. Speaking of that, Patreon, uh, if you're interested, uh, MN Football Show's patreoncom slash show uh, or the uh, the Dave's I know or both. You know, um, if you have any ideas about what you want us to hear from us um, as a as a team teamed up Voltron style Minnesota Football Dave's, or just want to reach out to either of either of the shows. At MN Football Show on Twitter or at TDIKMN on Twitter. Um, I'm at Texas Seller. Rodrigo is at RSC uh, Spoken Word. <clears throat> MJ is at MJ Matsui. Uh, Eric is at is on Instagram. Um, you can still have your Instagram, right? You didn't uh, you didn't lose that in your phone. <laughs> okay, uh, Eric <laughs> Eric SB Musica, and then Jess. Uh, we'll have to get Jess back on too for our the last sartorial review of the of the world cup at jessica one four four zero eight three nine or two thanks again um to podium wear for sponsoring these shows again if you have any uniform needs uh be it soccer ultimate frisbee ski uniforms reach out to brian at podiumware.com or give him a call at 651-895-4559 and thanks again to nate pence on pencehomes.com for helping sponsor this uh content as well um, again, any home questions you have, reach out to Nate, give him a call at 612-308-1122 or, you know, Nate at pencehomes.com. Uh, thank you to everybody who's listening and, and, you know, giving us feedback or, you know, said hi at the bar, the black art or wherever. <clears throat> we really appreciate it. Really appreciate that people are listening. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's fun. I get to hang out with my friends for a couple hours every few days, but also nice that other people are paying attention and listen to what the the bullshit that we have to spew so (laughs) thank you so much and we will uh we'll talk to you after the final it's gonna be a wild ride